So have you ever salsa danced? Yes. Did you get your butt handed to you? <laughs> yes. Dude, it is but a common theme. Do you still do I, it? I won 50 cigars with it. You won 50 cigars? With a dance. With one dance. Tell well, me this. There's a story inside every smoke shop with every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne, and I am sitting down with Fred Vandermarlire. That is a mouthful. Fred, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. A lot of you guys out there may not know Fred at all. Some of you may, but I'll give you a little background. Fred is the CEO of a company called Jay Cortez, mainly active in the European market, and in fact, they are also joined up with Oliva. Now, Jose Oliva is the CEO and still is the CEO of Oliva Cigar Company. And Oliva plays an important role in all of our lives as American uh, cigar smokers. The two companies actually joined forces uh, in 2016 because of the way that they ran. They're ran with passion, craftsmanship, and humility. Fred, you've been a person um, that's always been entrepreneurial driven and you met Jose or the Oliva family. What was it about the Oliva family that you just meshed well with them and it was all of a sudden a good vibe? What, what, take me back to that time when you first had that experience. Well, it's good to set one step back in time maybe, you know, I mean, the, the moment. So we're indeed a third generation cigar manufacturer out of Europe. So my grandfather started making cigars in Europe. And uh, as you know or don't know, I mean, in Europe, we were used to smoke handmade cigars, but also there was a big market of 100% tobacco, smaller cigarillos, machine-made. Yeah, machine-made stuff. So we, as um, in the US, machine-mates are seen in a total different angle because the products are different. But in Europe, it was like handmade, but in a very, very small size. So you had to make the machine-made. So right. we have the history from there. So it's a real, a pure tobacco story again. But we were not active in handmaids. And when I uh, started in the company, I was very... Yeah, I mean, interested and triggered uh, about right. what, what was happening at the other side of the globe, you know. And, and right. of course, I knew in, in Europe, the, the handmaids are mainly until now, and we tried to change that, but okay, Cuban driven. Yep. So it's mainly the Cuban cigars that are leading there. And okay, but so I tried, I, I said like, come on, I want to learn more, more about it. So I traveled around. So I took, a, my dad introduced me in Europe, let's say towards to all our colleagues. And I knew all my colleagues in Europe, but I didn't know the counterparts or my colleagues over here in the, in the Americas. So um, we went for a three week trip to uh, the middle Americas. And I visited Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras, uh, wow. even Cuba. And, uh, and visited plenty of companies. Of course, yeah, how do you open the door of a, of a handmade company if you don't know them? Right. So I knew a leaf supplier who was supplying us, but also these guys. He was your liaison to get and in the door. And he was my liaison, indeed. So I said to him, I said like, yeah, I mean, can I join you once? I will be your assistant, you know? I mean, yeah, right, I, will, right. I will not listen when you do the sales pitch. An eager pitch. student, an, <laughs> an eager, eager student. student. And, um, but okay, I mean, I said like, yeah, of course, Fred, don't worry. And uh, I said like, I will take you to the guys that are selling well and pay their bills. And I said like, yeah, that's maybe a good idea. That's <laughs> always good. We want we want good customers. We want good partnerships. Correct. And um, so I met plenty of people during that trip. And it was, I have to say, a real eye opener. Because when you're grown, I, I sometimes say I'm born on a tobacco leaf. You know, I mean, sure. my whole life has been around cigar, tobacco, cigars, everything around that. As a small kid, I had to, I mean, uh, not for FDA reasons. I was, uh, it, I was younger than 12 and I had to go around with cigars on the plate on family parties to say right. like, do you want to have a cigar? So from a young sure. age, you're really involved into that. And so, but in Europe, when I met uh, other people, I have to say that on the machine made side, the passion for tobacco is still with some companies there, but with other companies, it's maybe less only about tobacco. It's maybe more, more about, about sales numbers and numbers and, sales, and things yeah. like that. And I missed that passion. I lived in Sri Lanka for four years where we have a company and there I was close to tobacco and I missed that passion. And after my trip of three weeks in the middle Americas, I came back with batteries overloaded sure. of passion. People that I met there, really, we didn't talk about legislation. We didn't talk about numbers. We only talked about taste, about flavor, about tobacco, about a mixture, Best about blending. part of the whole cigar. My God, this is really what, I mean, my heart was booming. I mean, 10 times faster when I saw all the things happening over there. Right. So I came back to Europe and I said, like, my God, I mean, this is a wonderful world. This is really, I mean, I feel like 
I met family members over there, you know, I mean, people who really have the same passion like I do and also two, three, sometimes first generation, but everybody from the same level, like really, really easy when you share that passion to connect on yes. a deeper level. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, with some people, and this is all about situations, I mean, connections are done quickly and, and immediately you feel a fit. And with other right. people, it's not an immediate fit, but okay, yes, again, a lot of respect. And with some families, we had, a, we had a fantastic, I mean, fit and you felt like this was great. So I first met Gilberto uh, Jr. Uh, and Senior, sure. uh, so Oliva. Jose, Jose's brother. Gilberto. Jose's brother, indeed, and his father, I met at the same time. Uh, but indeed, his older brother was the guy and oh, yeah, fantastic, great chats and this and that. When when I came back to Europe, I said like, man, we need to do something with this, you know? I mean, and me launching a premium cigar in Europe, people would say like, hey, I mean, what is that little fresh sure. from the machine made side? I mean, doing with that premium cigar. I said okay. like, and it's true. I mean, we have a lot of tobacco knowledge, but it was different. And uh, so you needed somebody to help do that. Is and that I your said, goal is to launch a cigar? Yes, yes. The Handmade first cigar? idea was to have a kind of, uh, it was something that we were missing. We had the sales force. We had all the entries into all these shops in Europe, but we didn't have the real product. Sure. And, uh, and then I said like, yeah, why don't I join forces and maybe make a joint brand and a joint cigar right. with families that I'm, I have good connections with. And for them, for the families over here in the Americas, the biggest market for handmaids is the US. Right. By far. Right. And Europe is a mess. I mean, as a European, <laughs> I admit. <laughs> eh? It is 28 countries, different warning labels, different laws in every country. Oh, but that's got to make it that. so hard. We're used to that. Yeah. We live in that world. So for us, it's like the normal life. But for somebody who's based over here, it's much more difficult. And why do I have to, for Slovakia, send five boxes, blah, blah. So then right. I said, like, maybe the force that I can give to them is like, look, you know, I mean, I can help you. Yeah, you know, having it. your brand more, I mean, on the front we'll row get into in the Europe. European market. They were already quite international. They did a good job before. But OK, I said, like, we have really the boots on the ground, so we, we can really help in that sense. Right. So we were talking about making a cigar together and, and let's say doing really something of a story of two families. And I did this with the Olivas, but even with other families, I had that chat. But of course, if you do that and imagine I make a joint cigar with the uh, with the Olivas and then Two years later, the Olivas are not family owned anymore, but they sell it to a bigger conglomerate. The story yeah, would, would be different. That would ruin your relationship. It, it would, would be, I mean, uh, these guys, it. they do a great job as well, but it's different. Two families or not right, two families. Right. And so I said to, uh, then I had, I mean, I met Jose two years later, I mean, via the international guy. And so we start talking and this and that. And I just asked him, I said like, Jose, just promise me one thing. If we go on this track, don't sell your company. I mean, in the coming two years of all the efforts, we do them for right. nothing, you know what I mean? And, and that's on a first, that was really, it was clear that from there onwards, they showed who they are. Really sure. honest people, because a lot of people would not tell it. Right, right, right. And so Jose told me, he said like, yeah, you know, we're three brothers and a sister. We were getting very well along as a family and family is still number one. Company is number two. Right, right. And we feel that if we continue the way we do now, that company becomes number one and family we could have issues because we have different visions sure and uh, and then they decided you know i mean we prefer to step out of the business and we will sell it oh so how so did you start a project or was this within the t first two years it was within those years of the project oh, you know okay. we were so discussing the, product. Develop the relationship and then they kind of say hey we would like to sell and, and then I said, and then I said, like, damn, I mean, uh, the project will not, I mean, right. realize. So I was at the beginning disappointed, like, shit. I mean, this was a great, right. sorry for the word, eh? this was a great opportunity. And now, and then I turned, I turned the flip coin around and said, like, okay, but maybe it's an opportunity for me, you know, right. maybe we have the opportunity then to join the process, you know, I mean, to be able to acquire it. So I also said, like, yeah, with pleasure, but, you know, I mean, you're not alone and this and that, blah, blah. Long story short, we were, um, the party that fitted the best to the family. Wonderful. I uh, Let's say, I mean, I think, okay, everything was correct, but I mean, in terms of fit towards the Oliva family, for them, it was fantastic because they, we didn't have any, I mean, for the company, the factory could stay the same. The sales team could stay active because we didn't have any right. activity over here. Right. And, uh, and so in uh, now already three years ago, and I'm very happy that a lot of people don't know it, you know I mean? Because our goal was we acquired the company. Yeah, so you kept, all the same people at the Oliva company employed. They had no a fantastic changes. team. They had a fantastic team. And then is team. Jose still the CEO? And, and then Jose uh, yeah, promised indeed to say like, Fred, 
for sure, you know, I will stay on as CEO and I will make sure that the continuity of the company is there. And uh, and so, I mean, he, he did and does a fantastic job. But at a certain moment, and this is only very recent, so uh, again, I mean, uh, you couldn't know, but um, very recent, Jose is now a speaker of the House of Florida. So he's like right. the number two of the state of Florida. Yeah, he's so, got a big role. And then. then he was again honest and said, like, look, Fred, I cannot combine these two things. I have a unique opportunity in my political career, but don't right. ask me to combine both because I won't do my job well, well as a CEO. Well, at least he has the respect to tell you. Yeah. And then you have the respect to honor it. And uh, and so I honored it indeed. And uh, and he's president now. So let's sure. say on a less active role, but still very closely involved. And Corey Bappert, who was the sales manager of uh, sure. Oliva, became CEO. Wonderful. So he's now CEO of Oliva and Jose is president. And I'm, let's say, I mean, traveling very often to the US, to Nicaragua, to be in close touch base with her. Uh, sure. And the thing that I'm most proud of, First of all, for me, if you would have said to me in 2014, two years before, like Fred, you will be the owner of one of the beauties of uh, the cigar industry. Sure. I mean, okay, maybe I say it myself, but it was for us on a neutral ground, really one of the beauties. I would have said like, you're crazy, impossible. Yeah, you know that's mean? not going to happen. No way. And it did happen. So that was one dream come true. But then, of course, the moment you acquire it, you have the second step. And, and this is really from a personal note. Okay, now you have to make it happen that indeed I, I, I didn't want to change anything. So I was in front of the people in Nicaragua, in Miami, the sales team. And I said to them, I looked them in the eyes and said, like, look, guys, I don't want to change anything except maybe the things that you tell me that could be better. Really? And, That's uh, interesting because not all owners would do that. Yeah. If you come in as an owner and you say, no, 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 this is how I do it. That could disrupt the whole thing and not work. So you're really leaning on them to tell you, which you know this better than, you know, they know this better than you. Voila. I said, I know what I know. And I know already a lot on tobacco. I mean, you don't, sure. you will not. I mean, I, it's not that I don't know nothing, but I know what I don't know as well. You know, and the things yeah. that I don't know were really on premium cigars and, and everything in, in that and in the US itself. And so I looked him in the eyes. I said to them, look, I promise you nothing will change and may until except maybe the things you want me to change or to do better. And there were some things that they said, like, look, I mean, this and this and this, we would be happy that on supply chain level, things like that could right. be maybe a little bit better. So we tried to adapt that. And I'm now very proud to say that three years after date, we have nobody, I mean, at least surely of the core team, but even within the 1,350 people, I think it's a, a couple of percent, you know, sure. I mean, that only left us. So the, the majority, changeover, but the, the majority changeover. has still stayed there. And that's, I mean, I have to thank everybody at, at Tabolisa in Nicaragua and at Oliva, Miami, that they really gave me that trust. Because at that moment, you know, I can imagine if you're a good salesman and somebody else calls you and say like, come on, join my forces, that you right. were eager, like, why not? You yeah, know what I mean? I don't know what my future yeah, will be what, here. What is the change going to be with this And Jose company? did a great job as well to say like, guys, trust Fred. You know what I mean? He will really, I mean, I, he knew me then for a longer while. And now really the guys, when you speak to them, you know, I mean, they feel like, Within the trust, family. You yeah, know that I mean? trust goes both ways because you stepped in and listened to them. It's a win-win situation where they, they're not now worried. They trust you that, hey, the, he's here for us. He's not going to change everything and re reprogram the whole thing and fire people and get new people in that adopt his ideology. Yeah. So... That's and a testament to you from the top down because yeah. it comes from the top down. It's a good job. It's from both sides. You know yes. What I mean? it's and, not and, a, you and don't do it alone. staying with. So yeah. no, very no, no. well. So that was a great, it's a great story. And I'm happy still now in the US. I mean, not a lot of people know me and it's not my primer goal. I mean, uh, I mean, the thing is for me, they have to know the cigars. They have to enjoy the product. Right. And we have to make sure that we deliver and keep on delivering what we can. And and that three years after date, I still meet people say like, whoa, I smoke Oliva for 20 years and uh, it's a fantastic product. And, uh, and they say like, did something change? No, I mean, it's fantastic. Okay. It, it confirms, you know, what I wanted to, right. uh, to achieve. So you're hearing from the people, even though that the change of ownership has happened, the cigar quality, the consistency and the flavors that they're used to has not changed. Yeah. Indeed. That's really important. It's because we need that feedback the from the key. customer. Of course. Of course. If we don't, I mean, uh, what I mean, it's you who have to tell us yeah. you know, how the cigars are. What other things are you doing, though, to, to push the boundaries and, and change, uh, not necessarily change, but bring something new to the customer so that they're always seeking, you know, OK, now this is something new from Oliva. You know, are you working on anything right now? Oliva was not known as the company launching plenty of products every year. Oliva has Correct. always been a company that steadily grew and that when they launched something, they were 
let's say, I'm not sure that it would work, that would be too exaggerated, but I mean, they, they wanted also to have cigars that sold in the market, you know I mean? So if somebody- core, core cigars. Core cigars. And they always worked on that to make sure that that cigar can be found everywhere. And that, that cigar right. is really, I mean, appreciated by the people. And when it's appreciated by the people that they can come back and find it again. Yeah, you know? the Oliva G, Cameroon yeah. wrapper. If you guys like Cameroon wrappers, one of the best on the market because it's got the sweetness to it. It's always consistent. You know, there is an a, te a testament to that because when I grab a cigar and I know what it tastes like, I just had this about a month ago. I was, I was smoking and I was like, man, this does not taste good. Well, I've never had this cigar. So I have to go back to cigars that I know and see if my palate's off. Yeah. So Oliva G is one of those. Smoke it and I'm like, this doesn't taste the way. So then I'm like, cleanse my palate, try to regroup. Okay, now my palate's back on board. So yeah. thanks for making a cigar that I can always test that's my fantastic. palate. Fantastic! I mean, uh, you know? and that's I think that was the goal of the Olivos in the past, and it's still ours for the future uh, to be a, a real Amina cigar that's there. And another thing on G that you can say that is typical family Oliva, but also us that we continue is look at the price tag of G. It's okay. not an expensive cigar, and it's no. a fantastic cigar. It's wonderful. So, and that's really something when I talked to Gilberto then, you know, he said like, you know, our goal of the family was we want to break, bring splendid cigars, but still at a price point where, I mean, everybody, you know, who wants to enjoy a cigar that he can afford it. Exactly. And that's something, I mean, when we took over, you will see the evolution in pricing is not that we uh, well, rose, rose prices or whatever. No, no, no. We keep that consistency. And, and that's something that I will keep in my mind as well, that it was a family the, the father started like that, uh, Gilberto right. and Jose and the whole, and uh, Carlos and Jeannie started like that to say like, look, we wanted, and we cannot, that's part of the DNA, you know, and that's something yeah. you cannot lose. Don't change that. No. We appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> and are we working on something new? There is something new on the table. Uh, we have the, the V Milanio Maduro that will, uh, that would, that is, that we launch here now, which is a fantastic cigar. So this hasn't been released yet? No. So now Ooh. it will be. Uh, it will Are you be there, jealous? So I Are brought it jealous? specially for you guys. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so please taste it and give us give us your but feedback. But the Maduro's but been but out, but not this shape. Yes, indeed. Because I smoked the short robusto one. Phenomenal. The V the V Maduro has been out, but the V Milano Maduro, I mean, on this shape has not. Ah. So that's it. So what are we smoking right now? Though we're smoking the Oliva V. This is the Milano. Regular Milano. Yeah. With Very a fantastic good. Sumatra wrapper. Love this. Me. You know, Oliva V has always had a unique flavor to it. Can you put your finger on what's making that unique flavor? What what piece of tobacco? Or do you not want to give away your secrets? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Uh, but I think you say something that is the heart of the V. It's a, a cigar that is very difficult to compare with others. It's a flavor that you do not it, find it easily in the market. You're, you're not like, oh man, I don't have to leave a V. I'll just go grab this. There's no replacement. No. It's a strength, and that's why, you know, I mean, it, it's a uh, look with uh, still Gilberto is still, I mean, uh, working with us as well. We still work together with him because he's like also the core of the blending operations behind now, it. Gilberto Jr. or Junior? Senior? Junior. Senior, Junior. unfortunately, passed away, I mean, uh, last year on the birthday of my son. So oh, it's a, a little shoot. family sign that, I mean, if my son continues one day, you know, I mean, that yeah. there is a kind of legacy as well from that side. Sure. But I was happy to, to have worked with senior for a couple of years to really have met him and to feel because i think when you know history yes. you can easier predict future or you can avoid to make mistakes in the future let's say right. that way and so right. that was really uh, for me a fantastic uh, encounter you know yeah the two companies seem to match very well family-run businesses core yeah. values you yeah. know you guys are Clear. passionate craftsmanship and then also that humility that you've displayed through acquiring that company and having the humility to ask them where do you want to go and how how are things done yeah but your company is also known in Europe as a place that people just want to work there. They love working <laughs> there and they stay there. There's, there's tenure there. Um, in fact, I got to see even up to 45, 45 <laughs> years. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, even in, uh, in sales in Belgium, we have one guy now 42 years. So that's quite a, quite cow. impressive. Yeah. That is very impressive. But I got to see a little glimpse of your company at Intertobac in 2018 oh out on the dance floor. Folks, this is getting good. You guys had a synchronized, choreographed <laughs> dance to a song 
that the wholesale staff did. <laughs> Tell me how long did it take you guys to practice and how often did you practice? Like was the schedule like, all right, it's three o'clock. Sales team downstairs were practicing the choreography for the show. Different things. One is you can imagine we have a fantastic marketing team in Belgium, you know, a bit like yeah. you, you guys. I mean, here at Bovida, I mean, what you do is also always you think out of the box and that's fantastic. So that's what we like to do as well. You know, I mean, Wonderful. we're in a, sometimes and that's what I love. You know, we're in a very old fashioned business. You know, I mean, they make oh, cigars God, yeah. for 400 years. Yeah. But we want to still put a flavor that is a little bit new on top, you know? Yeah. So we made a VR, uh, virtual reality movie uh, two years really? ago where you can visit. I can come with the camera in a, in a minute. And if uh, if you want to see it, go to your shopkeeper, ask him, and the salesman can come and can show you. You can visit on a virtual reality tour, The I mean, the fields. You can feel it, visit the curing barn. You can visit the factory. You can choose. You want to see how a with V is made. Phone goggle yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. put the phone up with the yeah, goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now so that's that's what I love. So modern technology in combination with a very old fashioned product. You're bringing yeah. people right to the factory, even though yeah. they can't get yes. on an airplane and get there. Indeed. Interesting. So, uh, and but really, back to the choreographer. Are you dodging this question? So no. <laughs> are you dodging <laughs> bit, my choreography? I go I go around. I go around. No, no. So but that shows that we we like to think out of the box. Yeah. And uh, and at a certain moment, um, our uh, lore, our marketing manager, she came and she said, like Fred. I have a great idea for dormant. Say like, hey, go ahead, go ahead. We will do a choreographical dance. And did your jaw drop? And you're like, ah, <laughs> yes, yes, blah, blah. So I guess like, it's great for the company, I guess. <laughs> what do I have to say now? So, okay. You but have to say she yes. Knows, she knows how to uh, how to convince me in a way. Yeah. And uh, so I said like, okay, let's give it a try. You know, I mean, if you don't try, you never know. Mm -hmm. But that is the next step. You know, I mean, then you say like, we do this. Uh, choreographic thing. I mean, uh, who can lead that? We have a, and that's also again family business. You know, I have a, somebody in back office in our company. Really, is a dancer. So that's so somebody in the company knows how to dance and choreograph this dance for you. Okay. So we asked Natalie. I mean, from the back office, we said like, yeah, "Good job, you, Natalie." <laughs> yeah. Do well you done. want to do this? Do you want to do this? So like, yeah, yeah, I would adore to do this. Blah blah. So again, it's somebody of the company, and then is the most difficult part. Then you go to the sales team, who are like, "Hey, we're the sales guys. Hey, we're, we're, hey, you know, we yeah. don't dance. We don't dance. No, we don't dance." No. <laughs> and uh, and at that <laughs> moment, we said like, "No, no, we will do a choreographical dance." The first time we met, I think three or four guys said like, "No, no, I can't." Uh, I mean, uh, I have, have to, to start go out. It's like, okay. Five, six, seven, eight. Everyone clap on beat. Ready? One, two, one, two. I have some movies of the making of. It's oh, really, it's I love too it. Funny. I it's love too it. It's funny. But the thing is, with a choreographic dance, it's a, it's a kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, um, you, 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 you challenge your group. So the first time, you, you have know, to work I mean, together. Half of the guys don't want to come, and then the half that were there came back and said, "Like guys, yeah, it worked out fine. It yeah. was really cool." And then the next time, yeah, two more joined, and let's say. So what we did, that's also you know family business. We have to look for the the small ones. We sure. did it during lunch break, perfect on a Friday. So uh, every, every Friday. Friday on a lunch break, we had to go. We have a, a room close to our company where they normally we're doing sports every Monday. We're sure. doing sports together. We have a personal trainer in the company and oh, we're doing wow, sports nice. with everybody. I wonder why people want to work the there. Yeah, a lot. And so work out together, <laughs> eat together, they dance together. But you didn't require everyone to do it. You just left it open. I left it open, but with a little pressure. And you know, the, the best thing is when there is a natural pressure coming up. Right. When it's only two, the two odd ones out feel like, oh, I mean, I don't want to be left ones, out. Yeah. I want to be left out. And so everybody joined at the end. You're sneaky. And, uh, and You're sneaky. <laughs> okay. That's a good idea. You, you asked me to tell some secrets <laughs> here. <you know? laughs> yeah. And so finally, everybody joined and we did it indeed in Dortmund at the end of the show days. Just, I mean, we had more fun ourselves than we really right. did it for it the really crowd because like plenty of people didn't see it. But those who saw it said like, my God, Fred, this is amazing. It was good. And, and I, I can I, give you a little sneak preview, you know, I mean, a little yes. secret for the Bovida watchers. Yes. We will do it again this year, but Ooh. on another song. Video two. <laughs> New choreography. New choreography. Same instructor. Uh, different instructor now. I mean, uh, has some stories around, but okay. Ah. I mean, new choreography and Got uh, it. looks great. And everyone's practicing on Friday still? And we're practicing on Friday, yeah. Have you started practice? Yes, we did. And when is the show? Uh, end of September. Wow, that's that's a lot of practice that we're doing. <laughs> well, we need it. We want to make sure you get it. Is we're not born dancers. <laughs> Is it getting longer? Uh, maybe a little bit, but okay, you know, it's a nice Good. song. You'll Good. see. Well, I, some of you may not know this, but I grew up as a dancer, formally competing 
working with a team. I love the fact that it taught me how to work together. Yeah. Uh, it's a stress reliever for me. I enjoy myself. It's a way to express yourself. Um, I tried to salsa dance when I got older because I still wanted to dance, you know, something that I did from third grade till I turned 18. And then after that, it's kind of over, you know, it's like yeah, a yeah, recreational yeah. program. And then uh, I tried salsa dancing and I got my butt handed to me, man. <laughs> that is a tough form of dancing. It is a lot of practice and repetition and understanding each other and the way you two move. And it's just, it's intense. Have you ever salsa danced? Yes. Did you get your butt handed to you? <laughs> yes. Dude, it is but a common theme. Do you still do I, it? I won 50 cigars with it. You won 50 cigars? With a dance. With one dance. Tell well, me this. On, uh, on Pro Cigar. So, uh, yeah, before we were even with Oliva, you know, I mean, uh, I, uh, I like to go to the Dominican Republic and, and learn about cigars. So I started going to Pro Cigar. Some people yeah, said, like, you have to go there. Big event for everyone in the industry. Indeed. It's a good celebration. February, I mean, nice. You have Puro Sabor in Nicaragua, Pro yep. Cigar over there. Beautiful events, both of them. But Pro Cigar, really, I respect the guys who are doing it. They're doing a great job. Right. And so, uh, so we keep on going. And, but one of the first year we went there from our machine made side, we wanted to open an operation in the Dominican Republic. For machine made cigars? For that, that business. Okay. And uh, we looked for a good place to do it. We wanted to have it in Santiago, but Santiago is full. It's difficult to have an empty spot and blah, blah. So then we, um, yeah, we got to know the guys of the Zona Francas, you know, I mean, which are all girls, yeah. among others, beautiful girls. And at one of the nights of the Pro Cigar, the first night, there was always a dance, a salsa contest. Sure. Honestly, I never really danced salsa, you know, I mean, uh, I love the rhythm, but it's like you say. Oh, it's a lot. Was, but I said, like, this is my chance, you know, if we want to have the best spot, I mean, in, uh, in the zone, you know, right. we have to be very, we have to have a good relationship with the guys at the... You're at taking the, one the, the for the Zona team, Frankas. my friend. I took it for the team. So I took a beautiful lady, I have to admit, you know, and I asked her, do you want to join? Let's, let's do this contest together. She was like surprised, like, whoa, I mean, I mean, Dominican yeah. girls are always happy if you ask them to dance, you know, I mean, it's right. really in their blood. So she was like positive. She said, yeah, of course, let's do this. She was great because yeah. I would make plenty of mistakes, but she covered it up with oh, her books. So she wanted for you. <laughs> All goes and to the lady. Honestly, yes, we made it until uh, quarterfinals, semifinals. And then, of course, my dad, he didn't know I joined. And then he was looking. My dad was joining me. He said, like, what? He's there. Then the big boss of the Zona Francas, another lady, great lady, she joined as well. I said, like, what? They're, uh, is that? Uh, they're dancing there were finals together? to this? There's like <laughs> rounds to that? I thought it was like, everyone get on the dance floor. We're going to pick the best one at the end of that. No, no. Wow. There were finals. You guys had and to then practice? And the semifinals, they, of course, they were shouting and woo. Oh, yeah, nice. Because it was really unforeseen. And in the final, I mean, we were, they couldn't choose a winner for the final. So finally, we uh, we were with two to win, two couples to win. Nice. And we were among them. So I was so happy. Good job. <laughs> it was you really great. had to hold your own then. Yes. <laughs> nice job. So wow. salsa, there is some history behind you know what i mean man well i want to switch gears a little bit because we talked about family and a lot of a lot of the blending between the two companies really re revolves around this family aspect but everyone has a moment growing up or going through their adolescence or even in their young adult life where they realize you know maybe my family's a little bit different and they should because everyone's unique and everyone's different in their own like but just the habits and the uh, things that your family practices are always a little bit different than somebody else. Was there a moment, a specific moment growing up or somewhere in your life that you realized that through making cigars and being in the tobacco industry that your family was making a very unique impact on culture, on people's lives that no other family really gets the opportunity to do? It's a difficult one. I think... Um in a way, you know, I mean, you um, you grow up, like you say, in an environment, you know, I mean, and uh, the environment that I grew up, I mean, I have great parents, you know, who are very, uh, who are fantastic people and who were quite strict. I mean, when I was younger, you know, I mean, but I was the third one. I have two older sisters. And so I grew up as the little, the little young boy running around. Sure. Baby and of the family. Yeah, baby of the family, indeed. Yeah, I had three mothers, you know, say yeah, more right. than that. Two older sisters and mom. Oh, <laughs> but they man. were great. Sorry, Sophie, Katrina, I love you. Um, he still loves you. <laughs> but, um, but no, an impact, let's say, for me, the impact comes more at moments where you reflect and you look back. 
Eh? And then yeah. you look back and you you say like the same thing like you say. When when I have to give a, in Belgium, we give medals after 25, 35, 40 years of uh, of working, working with you. Okay. So when every year I have to give these medals to people working with us, then you feel that's for me that is a kind of impact there you see like okay i think we took care of these people during the last 40 years yeah, otherwise they wouldn't have stayed 25 35 40 years that's a long time i mean you're impacting your employees lives every day and then so that's one so on your employees you feel that and then sure. a, a second thing is like when you have when you meet with cigar smokers and they say like guy you know what i mean you're giving me my moment off. I have a very stressed life. I, I have to go there and there and there. But my moment of the week is the moment that I smoke my Oliva. So thank you for that. That's another moment where you say like, whoa. I mean, Yeah, you're impacting somebody's week, yes. month, day, moment. And it's something, look, I mean, for me, it's not, you do it for these moments. You know, I mean, this is really, yeah. this is a, the, the final motivation, you know, I mean, of, of going on is one you want to, I mean, continue, of course, a kind of, I feel like a small part of a long chain. You know what I mean? I'm, right. I'm chain number three of yeah. hopefully a 10 or 20, whatever generations chain we will see. I'm only part of that chain. And I, I know that, I mean, I will die and somebody else will take over. So that's fine. So I'm, I know that I'm, I'm not the person, you know, I mean, who makes, I mean, my grandfather made it, uh, right. Mr. Oliva made it, you know, You're I mean, just so continuing the chain. I'm just continuing the chain and the impact you feel that only put you down with your feet on the ground and say like, okay, I mean, if we want to do things and continue to do things, we really have to respect that guy's one moment of the week. And then he has a cigar with a bad drawing. You ruin his one moment of the week. Right. So if we want to be keen on quality and we say, of course, we want to be keen on quality and everybody says that, an extra, you know, level on top of that is really that you don't want to ruin the guys or the girls, you know, I mean, or the woman's whatever uh, moment of the week yeah. and you want to give them that pleasure. And I believe more and more cigars are, again, old fashioned, 400 years old, but also very modern. They are the moment of deconnection. In a day where we're all on Instagram, Twitter, we're connected all the time. People, especially younger generation, will look more and more for deconnection times. In Europe, I hear that, I mean, people take less showers and once a week they take a bath just to have really? a moment to deconnect again to have let's say my phone is off oh yeah I, I put it on airplane mode it's not fast 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 everything has to be fast cigars definitely bring that no you have to slow down you have to slow you down you have to take your time and when you fight against fda or legislation in, in europe it's awful one of the things that i say as well is like you know i mean when you have all these burnouts coming up you know i mean the best anti-burnout thing is smoking a cigar Take your moment once a week. Make sure that you empty your head. You can do plenty of things. It's not only cigars. Right. You can enjoy, you taking can do meditation, taking a bath, whatever. Sitting, reading. Doing your garden, you know, I mean, right. whatever. Everything is good, but a cigar is really a fantastic, because you have your, you have to do it slow. You have to take your time. You have to concentrate on the product and you can really enjoy and the more flavor. more importantly, with the FDA and all these government regulations, if you're affecting the way I choose to enjoy my time and it's not criminal, it's not a criminal activity. It's no, no different than yoga class, than gardening. Then why all the regulation? You know? I think in the history, 400 years, cigars, 70 years, cigarettes. So we have 330 years more than them. Uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, by really putting tobacco you know, I mean, by not selling tobacco anymore, but expanded tobacco, you know, I mean, by selling not mice, but popcorn, you have to put salt on it to make it taste well. Right. You really taste the whole experience and you make from a tobacco enjoyment moment, uh, a nicotine shot moment. And uh, and I think that this is really something that, yeah, uh, doesn't, doesn't help us, of course, or didn't help us. And I think the regulation, unfortunately, when you talk to regulators, which I do very often, and you talk about cigars and say like, of course, cigars are different. I fully agree. And then you say like, yeah, but you just wrote a law and that law is on cigars as well. Do uh, they not know? Did we? In they don't Europe, know? They don't know. Because they can't read all of it. Yeah. And because they are doing hundreds of laws and then one of the laws is on tobacco. Oh, tobacco is bad. You know, we have to ban tobacco. Tobacco they has to get be out. kind of get bamboozled by it. And then it's like, guys, come on. I mean, this is different product. So, I mean, that fight to have premium cigars as a different product is really something that is really legitimate, but it's very, 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 very difficult to convince the whole political crowd about it. You know Yeah, I mean? somebody explained this to me like alcohol. We separate wine and beer and hard spirits, 
we need to do the same thing in cigars, in Indeed. tobacco. It's separate. It's different. You can't put it all underneath the same umbrella. No, that's, no, that's uh, not fully fair. Correct. Fully correct. Talked a little bit about your father. We probably don't know a lot about him, but what are some of the things that you admire about your dad and have taken on as like, you know, my dad did this. I definitely need to carry this on, especially being in the role that you're in and continuing on in the legacy of the company. My grandfather started to say, if you need money, go to the bank, not to your suppliers and employees. So always be correct to the guys that you need to pay. Right. So we keep that lesson. And my father is the guy that in a way uh, introduced in our company international expansion. We were only in Belgium and we were all over Europe. I mean, uh, after his term, let's say it that sure. way and uh, and branding, you know, so respect branding, you know, so try to, okay, develop brands, but also once it's developed, try to make sure that people who buy the brand that they are day to day, that they are really appreciated by the way you serve. What about personally, uh, an attribute or character of your dad that you're like, oh, you know, that's something that he's he down has. to earth. He's uh, he's really, I mean, he's uh, knowing a lot of details of the company. So when he walks around and he sees something happening, he sees that it's wrong. Sure. And, uh, and he's he connected to the he's core very of the company. Yes, from top to bottom. But of course, you cannot run the business if you're micromanaging. No. So he always had respect for the responsible. So when he saw something wrong Give the responsibility. on the floor, he went to the boss and said, like, guy, I think something is wrong there on the floor. And so at such, he respected the layers that you have That's in wonderful. a natural way, but still was well, well, he knew enough about the business to be able to detect where things go wrong. So that's what you want to carry on. And to that's the surely something I want to carry on because I think if you detach, people? yeah, I surely don't want to micromanage. And I'm more of, I even, I give a lot of, we always gave a lot of controlled freedom, we call it, you know what I mean? Right. So we give freedom to the people who work with us. That's also why they stay long. They, are, right. they have responsibilities. Yeah. They are and responsible we know how to for manage their areas ourselves. for what they do. Indeed. Yeah. So you're a smart boy. You work with us. Okay. I mean, it's your job. And at the end of the day, of course, you have to perform, which is everywhere the case. But if, if something and goes wrong... you always want to as a person. You don't ever want just an opportunity to do something and not be measured. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. You because if you be do measured. it well and your neighbor is doing it wrong, you want that your neighbor is not punished, but at least that your neighbor is correct. So Bring that you're... Bring up to my level, yeah. Indeed, otherwise yeah, you will be... Why do I do it good if my neighbor is doing it bad? That's why we have parents. Yes. Expectations. <laughs> That's why we become yeah. parents or people. I have three kids now and it's sometimes yeah, right. quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are but, pushing but your But my dad patience. is really, I mean, without him, we wouldn't be where we are now. And my parents started, I mean, when they, the first house they bought was a house where the toilet was outside without a flush. Can you imagine? No way. Yeah. So now I'm spoiled. What? Yeah, I'm spoiled. I live in a house with a toilet inside with a flush. <laughs> they grew up in a house with no but, flushing toilet. Yeah, and, and, and that shows where where we also come from and where the Olivas That's come humbling. from. That's humbling. It's, and it's really, this is also something that we can never forget. We're lucky people. I'm a very lucky boy. You know, I mean, a lot of people are smarter than me or maybe better than me or, and whatever, do have much more than me. But I have the luck to be born in this nest. Now, then out of respect for everybody who doesn't have the opportunity, I have to try to not screw it and just to continue it in the best possible way, but not forget where we came from. You know? Did you ever, growing up, did you ever think of not carrying on in the family business? And would your dad have been okay with that? As I said, I had two older, I have two older sisters, mm -hmm. of which one was active within the group uh, of companies and another wasn't. And uh, for me, it was never, I even wanted to start my career outside of this business. I wanted to sure. start somewhere else. You want to, to start your own name, right? You don't want it to be handed to you. And to learn also, or to, to avoid that you're maybe growing up like a horse with, you know. Yeah, not, blinders not, on. Blinders on. You got to get out and experience another business Indeed. and get ideas. But because of the age difference between my father and me, there's 40 years of age difference. 40 years. I didn't have the opportunity, let's say, to do that because there was an opportunity within the group. you got to get into the company now and learn from your dad. He's your mentor. He's teaching you how to pass this on. He's, I mean, and, and he was fantastic also in giving me, let's say, I mean, I started within the company and always reported to somebody else. Okay, I was aware I was the son of the owner. I mean, I'm fully aware that they will handle me differently than they maybe will handle other people. Did you ever like, not internally in the company, but externally, did you ever not say your last name or give away yes, your identity so that you had a, a, a fair edge to create a relationship that wasn't on a bias? No, 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 for Did sure. Do you ever an example that you could give me? 
Uh, like a specific time where you're like, yeah, I'm not telling this guy my name because I know he'll treat me differently. Yeah, no, but I mean, unfortunately, we have been in Belgium, which is a Belgium is New York. You know, I mean, sure. it's, it's only 10 million people. It's a it's a small town if you would compare it with the US. So in Belgium, we're often in the newspapers and that really changed. I mean, uh, sometimes sure. the life, I mean, our lives and also uh, you perceive also differently how people indeed come to you and you evaluate, uh, are you coming to me because I'm Fred Vanderbilt here or you're coming to me because oh, you really appreciate sure, me. Sure, sure. And, uh, and, and it's not, I'm not a famous guy, you know, not at all. But I mean, some people I know that you have that kind of, so you're always on your, uh, on your Kiviv, you know, you're, you're evaluating much stronger. Yeah. And of course, the friendships you have from before or even much stronger now because you know these guys knew you without your right. surname you know i mean there's with some Fred as it is some positiveness from that you know yeah. just but building again, a relationship everywhere naturally. i am i mean i'm i'm happy to uh, to be just fred you know i mean and, and, yeah. and everything around me okay is what it is and i can i can't change it and i also don't have to be you also don't have to exaggerate you know i mean it's not that right. i don't want to yeah okay it's logical and i mean and some people who come to you because you're fred vanderlier are also great people and i have also the luck to be able to meet some people that i wouldn't meet you know i yeah. mean if i wouldn't be fred vanderlier so yeah. i mean in a way it's the combination of of both worlds is fantastic you know the only thing that i have to be aware of is that i'm a lucky boy and then let's say take let's say both worlds together and 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 try not to enter in every room or everything like hey I'm not the man, no. I mean, and right. I'm still within the company, you know. Without everyone behind me, I wouldn't be nobody neither, you know. So exactly, you're only as strong as your employees and as your whole team. Yeah, yeah. Very good, wise. Future for the company or parts of the company. I learned that you also acquired a cookie company. In fact, we have some samples of the cookies right here. Well, let's how did be, this let's come be about? Honest. Part of the deal to be here was bring cookies and then you can come okay hey okay so i put it in uh please bring some cookies uh we definitely want to try these but i'm also interested how did you get here so with the family we uh at a certain moment i mean i am continuing within the cigar business on my on my own because i mean i even acquired the the shares of my sisters we did this in a very i mean uh, honest and humble way you know i mean and that's also something that i learned from my dad but besides that, we have, I mean, we have a, a family office where we invest some money left and right, you know, I mean, in, in other businesses and uh, of which at a certain moment when we evaluated, what do we want to do? I mean, do we want to just go and, and, and acquire stocks of listed companies and do great returns or do we want to actively, actively be involved in something? And we said like, no, we really want to be actively involved in something as well. And then when we evaluate, evaluated businesses, People came with proposals from everywhere, you know, from uh, skis, from machines, uh, from machine making companies, whatever. And every time when they came, it was a beautiful company, made fantastic, nice profits. And, uh, and to us, our heart didn't beat stronger because of this company was really far away from our core. And at a certain moment, this is a company existing for 130 years in Belgium. It's a cookie company. They make cookies and the recipe didn't change in 120 years. It's pure butter. So it's like tobacco. Oh my God. There are good. a lot of similarities because it's- How long it's has this company been around? 130 years. 130 years? Yes. So, I mean, it's oh. a, and it's really, it's a regional gem. You know, I mean, it's, it's not I known outside of Belgium. This, we sell them in the US, by the way, phenomenal. but very limited, very limited. Phenomenal. You talk about butter. That's like biting into the stick of butter. <laughs> it's so creamy and smooth. It goes great with the cigar, by the way. It goes great with a cigar. It yeah. is. So this is what inspired you to and carry it's on more. Inspired us as a company. It's clear that we, as a family, love. Finally, I mean, we didn't know it by. It's not that we, at a certain moment, sit around the table and said, like, what is our, what do we love? You know, I mean, what is our, what do we want to invest in? You know, it's this or this or this. It's really by facing us that we felt like, no, 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 this is it. It's an indulgence product. You know, I mean, if you eat. 500 grams of these cookies you won't feel good as well no but you no. enjoy one and it's exactly like right. tobacco cigar in the tobacco world you don't have to smoke a pack a box of cigars a day to feel well no, i was you gonna ask one. you that what is the similarity between tobacco and a cookie company but it might be just the luxury enjoyment of something very nice in it moderation is. and uh unfortunately don't eat a whole box of these you'll definitely well, feel this it. box you can but not the bigger ones oh thank you thank you <laughs> But um, we feel that as well, you know, I mean, in the earlier days, they sold boxes of 750 grams and whatever. And we we're making the, the boxes smaller as well to have 
people when they want to enjoy the cookies to enjoy them in, in smaller momentums, you know, I mean, where they really can enjoy only one. And the similarities are really, it's about, it's not butter. It's grass-fed summer, bu summer cow butter. Ooh, Never wow. heard that description before yeah, I was no. in the cookie business. But if you eat butter of a cow that is eating fresh grass in summer and you take that milk and you make butter of that milk, that butter has a different taste than a cow that is eating hay in the winter. Really? It, there is a different in taste. So it's a, so again, you're really super quality. on the core products, the super core quality. ingredients going into it. And it's four times more expensive than margarine. So we have wow. difficulties sometimes in markets where they say like, hey guy, your cookies are so expensive. We know, but yeah, I mean- it takes a lot of money to make that. If you buy this wow. type of butter, I mean, you cannot do else than really selling at this price. It's not our margins. It's just a matter that the basic product is four times more expensive than the other basic product. And you buy it in the shop only at the double of the price. So, I mean, in a way you're even, I mean, you're yeah. cheaper than our basic product. The butter, when you take it out of the fridge, you can spread it on bread easily without any oh, problem. Oh, it's not hard. It's not hard. Why is that? Less because of that summer fed uh, cows. If you take that milk and you put that in the fridge, it's soft because it's so pure. It's wow. amazing. It's amazing. And this is- I didn't know I was going to learn this much about cookies. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, 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 We're okay. talking about cigars or cookies. I forgot. <laughs> oh, it's so it's good. It's so similar over here. If you don't ferment your tobacco well, if you, if you take your leaf at the wrong moment from the field, if you leave it too long in your barn, if you leave it too short or too long, okay, whatever, in the fermentation uh, staple, you know what I mean? It all matters. It all matters. If you then make your cigar wrongly, it all matters. Here it's exactly the same. So it's the similarities are huge. And that's what we feel for us. It's then also easier to sell it. And some channels are even similar, you know, like in right. duty free, we sell cigars in duty free, we sell cookies in duty free, you know? Sure. So sometimes people are really close to, to what, let's say, I mean, Man. I mean, when you say like, oh, well, maybe I have to introduce, but that's more a minimal thing because the majority is different and it's differently run and separately run. But I mean, right. it's with the same, you but have to have the core of both companies is there. It's the quality, it's the ingredients, it's making sure you're living up to that standard, that core belief that this is a quality product and this is what it takes to make that. And we're not gonna sacrifice for a dollar to cut a dollar to make another dollar. Indeed. Yeah. And it's uh, values. Again, look to the Olivas, to us, look to that cookie company, 130 years in the same family hands. Wow. One family, the Strooper family, okay? Because of internal reasons they want to sell off. But I mean, we hope we can keep it for 130 years now in our family. Wow, very cool. All right, Fred. What is a cigar or a couple of cigars that I could find in your humidor that you would say, Rob, if you haven't tried this cigar, you definitely got to add it to your humidor? Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope you have Olivas in there. Oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> if you have Olivas for me, it's, uh, it's surely it's on the... On the V and the, yeah. and the and the Milano, you know, I mean, both are totally different. I compare the V with a very, very fine French Bordeaux, you know, I mean, where it's a, you, you, you don't have to mix it with other things because the flavor is really, it's very, it's a thin line, you know, I mean, and that thin line is very, very important not to, uh, not to disturb. And then our V is different. That's more and for me an after dinner cigar where you really have, just like we said, a unique flavor. And then besides that, you know, I mean, I think that, Naming names is very, uh, oh, is difficult there. I mean, I think that there are many, many great cigars out there. You know, I mean, I love, I, I think that I, I love the, 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 the blenders that are around for a long time. You know, I mean, uh, sure. uh, what Ernesto Perez Carillo is making uh, to name a name, you know, I mean, some of his cigars are really for me splendid because I mean, he also has a real blending flavor in his uh, hands. Is there one specific that you've had recently that you're like, oh yeah. This yeah, is I mean, it. the one that one cigar of the year, I think that they, the they, 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 did, a, they did a good job there. And, uh, but also, I mean, on, on when you, when I go there, because some, what I love is also to explore together with them, you know? So when I go there and you're sitting together with Ernesto, it's like, come on, I mean, do you have some other things? Do you have some things that, that, that we can try out? And he gets along very well with Gilberto and having yeah. these discussions with them, is for me very very interesting because i know i come from a different other angle and i don't want to but i i i really hope in, in 20 years from now you know i mean that me as a person as well i mean that 
that I can get closer. I mean, I, I will right. not to have their level, but I can get closer to their level. Always as well. growing, I mean, always learning, understanding. And they, they, if you ask them, they still say like, Fred, we learn every day. You know, our palate evaluates as well. I mean, right. we have really things that, that go around. And then another thing that I has been, have been lucky of was really to smoke the, uh, the pre-Castro Cubans. You know I mean? That was also something that- uh, Pre-embargo Cubans. Pre-embargo Cubans, which is for me also something that uh, talking about H cigar one, and then talking about different of uh, we of course in Europe have the opportunity to smoke Cubans and okay, okay, let's be uh, it's between you and me. Eh? I'm sometimes very disappointed now about sure, the basics quality. that are sometimes wrong. Uh, I still think that in Cuba, if everything is set right, they can still make the best cigars. But right. the system is maybe set up in a difficult way now to really achieve that. But they still have good cigars. But if you smoke these, you know, I mean, you really feel like where where Gilberto's history comes from, you right. know what I mean? And, and that's really something there. that is that is also, for me, something that I love to uh, to talk Wonderful. around and to have around. But again, you know, I mean, you have La Flor who has a very specific taste. I mean, you have, uh, sure. I mean, Rocky's making good cigars. You have all the family, the Padrons, you look what they do. I mean, oh, it's I know. beautiful. There's so, so many good cigars out there. Placencia has even your own, with their own brands that are launching now. So right. I, I think plenty of people are doing a great job to make great cigars. And, and I don't think that in a humidor, of course, I'm happy when I see all the olivas in a humidor, but I think that this is not the goal. You know, I mean, the goal no, is no, in no, my no. wine cellar, I have wines of different chateaus and of different yeah. countries. And this is what I hope that the humidor of the future. And if, if I see humidor, even in Europe, of people who can buy Cubans like that, you know, I mean, I see more and more humidors that are mixed up with different cigars for different moments uh, from different countries and different manufacturers. And right. this is what I also want to aim. I want to be, if they have 10 cigars in the humidor, I want that two cigars of them, let's yeah. say, are mine. But I'm, I mean, humble enough to know that eight other cigars are great and exactly. are great manufacturers and that these eight others, you know, I mean, come from other people. Well, Fred and I are gonna go walk around and find some of these great cigars. I wanna thank you all for watching another episode of Box Press. And Fred, thank you so much for being on the show. Really With appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you very much. Good luck, all the best guys. And congratulations to Bovida as well. You know, I mean, thank you're you. one of our, uh, we, in every Melanio box, you can find a Bovida back. So we're really, I mean, always very, very happy to work together because you make appreciate a product it. at the level that we make our products with passion as well and with outstanding quality. Thank you so much, Fred. All the best. <laughs>